Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 28 of Revelation chapter 18. And before we get into our regular study, I would like to mention that during our Sunday online fellowship question and answer program, a caller had some insight into the statement we find back in Revelation 18, verse 11 and following. I'm going to read verses 11 through 13. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, and all thyine wood and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon, and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil, and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Now the caller suggested that in verse 11, when it says, For no man buyeth their merchandise any more, he pointed out that the word buyeth is the Greek word that's also translated as redeemeth, and that the man um, could possibly be Christ. And after checking that out, I think that's correct. Uh, for instance, we know that God, several times in the Bible, will just speak of Jesus as a man, without any further identification. For instance, if we go back to Jeremiah chapter 5, it says in verse 1, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And here... The Lord is basically saying to the church, as Jerusalem is a figure and a type of the New Testament corporate church, God is saying, search all of your congregations. Go throughout the whole church world. And if you can find Christ, if you can find the Spirit of Christ anywhere in the midst of the church or or in any of these churches and congregations, then I will not bring the judgment that begins at the house of God. I will pardon it. But the judgment is that Christ has departed out. So there, there is no man. There is no Spirit of God within the, the churches of the world. Now that, that same idea we also saw In Jeremiah 50, as we went verse by verse through that chapter, and Jeremiah 50 is a chapter focused on the judgment of Babylon, just as 
our chapter in Revelation 18 is, and the Lord said in Jeremiah 50, in verse 40, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith Jehovah, so shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. And the reference to no man abiding in Babylon is without any question a reference to Christ. And and just to make sure we don't miss it, God restates it using the familiar phrase or name, Son of Man. So shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. And, of course, uh, Jesus' name again and again in the gospel accounts is the Son of Man. So we're, we're actually on very safe ground to understand this man, this reference to a man, in verse 11 to be a reference to the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's read it again. The merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Now, when we look at the merchandise, we see the first um, items that are listed, gold, silver, precious stones. And what does God use gold, silver, precious stones to represent? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we've um, gone back there again and again. Gold, silver, precious stones represents true believers, those that God has saved. And the gold, silver, precious stones go through the fire and are purified and come out the other side as compared to wood, hay, stubble that are burned up. And, and so the statement that Babylon is under judgment and therefore Christ no longer buys the merchandise anymore. That is, he's not going to involve himself in the merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones. And actually, we can see uh, spiritual meaning with some of the other items like wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, that also involve the gospel. So Christ is not going to evangelize Babylon, the world. He's not going to redeem anything from Babylon any longer. And the word buyeth, again, is translated as redeemeth a couple of times. Um, In Revelation chapter 14, it says, beginning in verse 3, and and this is speaking of the 144,000 that typify the first fruits unto God, those that were saved during the church age. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth, or bought. They were bought from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, were bought from among men, 
being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. So there, um, the very same word is clearly being used by the Lord to speak of his redemptive salvation program. And as the Bible says, Know ye not that you're bought with a price? Christ purchased each one that he has saved, his elect people. And as it said there in Revelation 14, verse 3, uh, the 144,000 were redeemed from the earth. They were bought from the earth. Well, in Revelation 18, 11, the verse um, that we're looking at, the uh, focus is on the merchants of the earth. No man buys or redeems their merchandise anymore. Christ, who who redeems the 144,000 from the earth, from among men, is no longer in the market. He's no longer interested in buying and selling the souls of men. It, it's over and done with. Um, that That's all. No more involvement of any kind because... I have my elect people, I have saved them all, and they were the only ones I've ever been interested in, and now I have found them all, they are all safe and secure, hidden in Christ, their life is hidden with Christ in God, and I'm now not going to get involved any longer in buying or selling. And that's what is going on in those verses. And um, I, I think it makes um, perfect sense and, and harmonizes with what is being said here. Okay, now let's uh, go back to where we're at in Revelation 18. And that's in verse 20. So we're going to look at verse 20 of Revelation chapter 18. Let me just remind everyone um, from verse 8 through 19... God pictured Babylon burning, the smoke of her burning it was rising, and and the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, and then shipmen and shipmasters and, and so forth, sailors, and all the trade by sea, were watching Babylon burn and crying, Woe, woe! And again, the merchants were weeping, the merchants were mourning over her because no man redeems their merchandise anymore. And and that fits in perfectly with everything we have learned that God has done on May 21, 2011. He shut the door of heaven. He ended his salvation program. And here the Lord is giving eyes to the blind in a sense. The world did witness and has seen God's judgment on that day and since that day, yet without understanding. So they seeing, see not. Yet here God is typifying the unsaved of the world, including those in the church, as though they could comprehend and and they're seeing the the destruction of all the riches of the world, which really the riches of the world was the gospel. 
and the reference to one hour, um, in one hour so great riches has come to naught, uh, had to do with the completion of the great tribulation, that one hour of judgment, if we're in one hour, is thy judgment, or has thy judgment came, it's past tense, in all three places we find the one hour used, it's couched or framed in the past tense, because the hour has elapsed, and now it's the end of the hour, the end of the great tribulation, and the time where God turns his attention to the instrument of judgment or the hammer that was in God's hands as as the Lord loose Satan and used Satan as an instrument of destruction and his emissaries to bring spiritual devastation to the churches and congregations of the world. Now God turns his attention, full attention, to Satan, who's typified by the king of Babylon, and Satan's kingdom, which is typified by Babylon itself. And uh, so we read in verse 20, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Rejoice over over her. And it's something we don't like to think of, that here God is picturing Judgment Day, and he's saying, rejoice over her. That is, I have taken vengeance for my temple, as the Lord said a couple of times at least in Jeremiah 50 and 51, that his judgment on Babylon is a result or the cause of taking vengeance for his temple because they dared to stretch forth their hand against God's anointed, the corporate church. And now I am judging those that judged you. So rejoice over her, thou heaven. And God is saying, who should be rejoicing? Thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets. Now the uh, word rejoice we're going to look at and see how it's used in a few other places. Uh, For instance, if we go to Luke 15 with the parable of the prodigal son and his return. It says in Luke 15 beginning in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Uh, the, the word merry, found twice in the verses we're reading, is the same word rejoice. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And of course it was great rejoicing. It, it was a wonderful occasion that that son who had wasted his substance 
with riotous living had returned and the father looked upon him as being dead and now alive again. And you can, you can imagine the tremendous, uh, joy, the tremendous merriment that was taking place in the father's household. Well, also we read in Revelation chapter 12, in Revelation 12, beginning in verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, when was Satan cast out of heaven? At the cross. In 33 AD, when Jesus went to the cross, uh, Satan was cast out. He had access prior to that. We know that from the book of Job. And it, it was at the cross he was bound. It was at the cross that there was a, a big change concerning that access that he had been given. Now he was cast out. And it says in Revelation 12:10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Uh, we're, we're going to find uh, um, it's same word, rejoice, same word, heavens. But God adds that additional sentence, and ye that dwell in them. And, and that's what it means. It's the kingdom of heaven. It is the people of God in heaven. Rejoice uh, and make merry is the idea because it's the time of Satan's judgment, his fall, his defeat at the cross and the point of his binding for the figurative thousand years. He would be bound for 1955 years and God would accomplish his program in establishing the churches in establishing his word in the nations of the world and saving the first fruits and so on. So it, it was a, a tremendous victory for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of God, and therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So there, uh, we know that Satan continued to go about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he would devour. But there, that word has to do with great rejoicing for, um, either in Luke 15, it was the return of the prodigal son. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Or here, it, it was uh, an important milestone, a, a key point in God's salvation program when uh, Satan was bound. Now, just one other verse I want to look at in Revelation 11, in verses 9 and 10. And uh, when the two witnesses are killed, 
And that would identify with the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the end of the church age. It says in verse 9, And they of the people, and kindreds, and tongues, and nations, shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them. That is not the word. That's the same English word, but that's not the same Greek word. They shall rejoice over them and make merry. That, that's our word that we're, we're looking at. And shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So the people of the world, the Gentiles, and they would be spiritually part of Babylon, they saw, and we've discussed that, how it is that they saw without really seeing or understanding, they saw the dead church, and they rejoiced, because it was a triumph, it was a judgment on the corporate church, and at that point, Satan is the winner, he is triumphant, his kingdom is is the one who has gotten the victory, and they rejoice. Well, now, God is, um, again, as mentioned earlier, turning it around. Now the their little season is over. The, the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the Great Tribulation and its 23-year period has concluded. It's May 21, 2011, that 23rd exact year, that 8400th day, and now the period of Satan's overcoming the saints comes to an end, and and God turns his full attention to the world, to Babylon, and and the cup that had been given first to the city called by his name, is now in transition given to the kingdom of Babylon to all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth and they will not be utterly unpunished. Now they must drink of it. And and so they began to drink of the cup of the wrath of God and God then says to all in his kingdom in heaven, so rejoice over her thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets. Because the holy apostles and prophets, which are really names for God's people, for true believers as apostles, means to be sent. And actually the Greek word translated as apostles is translated as sent. When uh, the Lord Jesus says, the one sent is not greater than the one who sent him in John 13. That's the word apostles. It's also translated as messengers. It's not that uh, typical word for messenger. This is the word that means apostles are sent. Uh, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy sent ones. And as God has sent forth his people in the day of judgment as his messengers were sent with the seven last vials full of the seven last plagues of the wrath of God. And and ye holy 
sent ones and prophets as we are to prophesy again. We're, we're called upon in Revelation 10 to prophesy once again to the nations of the world. And, and so the Lord is addressing all of his people, those in the um, spiritual kingdom of heaven and those that are still alive and remaining on the earth. And as he says that they are holy apostles and prophets. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll see both of those um, terms together. Apostles and prophets. In Ephesians 3, it says beginning in verse 2. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now here in Ephesians 3, the Lord is is uh, discussing the mystery of the Gentiles that he had written about in the Old Testament many times, that, that they would be fellow heirs of salvation, along with the Jews. But that was hidden it, it it was not known nor understood by the people of God until God opened up the eyes of the Apostle Paul concerning this mystery. And uh, Paul shared it and others had their eyes open. And, and so it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit to the people of God, to God's elect. They they understand the mystery. That that's what uh, Matthew thirteen tells us concerning parables. To you it is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to the to the rest or to them it is not given. Uh, they they lack understanding. So the holy apostles and prophets represent God's people that possess understanding of the mystery that God has revealed. And and that's exactly what's happening now in our time, in the day of judgment, because God speaks of the day of wrath and righteous revelation of the judgment of God. So the mystery that has been um, in, in effect throughout all previous history until the time of the great tribulation when God opened the seals of his word to to reveal information and increase knowledge concerning times and seasons of his gospel program. That mystery is revealed to the Lord's people. We learn much during the great tribulation and now we're learning much more during the day of judgment and, and so by using these titles to address the people of God on the earth, the Lord is also indicating 
that they are recipients of revelation concerning his mysteries. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.